Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Friends, Trisha Goyer here, and I'm here with my awesome friend, Alan Broken. Now, Alan, you have been here many times. We've been talking about your books, but by chance, if someone has missed you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Alan Brocken. I'm the author of the Towers of Light series. Uh, this is a series of middle grade books. Um, the way somebody has described it to me, it's like a Little House on the Prairie uh, meets Chronicles of Narnia. There you go. The way, the way I like to think of it is maybe, you know, what if, what if Laura Ingalls picked up the armor of God? So she's running around with the helmet of salvation so she mm-hmm. can take on the forces of darkness. That's kind of the general gist of the series. Um, and so I've been writing that series since 2009, uh, but it hasn't really been out since then. But in 2009, I was traveling for work all the time and I'd get to the end of the day and call home and my kids would go, daddy, what did you do today? You know? And I'd be like, cause they didn't want to hear about RSA 2048 bit encryption, right? Like, like <laughs> there's nothing in my work day that was child relevant. Yeah. And so after a while, one night, and you could kind of see this little stuffed frog behind me over my car. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Sparkle Frog, and that that's Ethan's um, Ethan's frog. And one night, he was telling me some adventure he was having with Sparkle Frog. Um, and and I, I, again, I just was out of words. Like, it just there wasn't anything to talk about. So I, said, I just said, so, and then what happened? Mm. And he made up something. And then he just kept doing that. And, and I thought, there, I can connect with my kids. Yeah. I only need four words. And then what happened? And we can have great conversations. Well, that lasted about a week. And then one night he said, no, daddy, you tell me what happened. Oh. And so now I'm stuck again. Um, and so what I had to do was like set aside time first thing in the morning when I was freshest to just jot down some idea, right? Something I could talk talk to my kids about. And so I grabbed their stuffed animals back over my shoulder. You see a little duck yeah. and a little kitten. And I got something to worry about meow meow. I'll tell you in a minute, but, but anyway, meow meow and daddy duck, those three animals sort of started to have some hijinks in these stories. And then eventually it turned into the first book in a series called light of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I self published that and I won't go into my whole publishing journey. It's a whole big thing, but just to say we're, we're on year seven of this and I've got six books. So I feel pretty good actually, like almost a book a year over that period of time. So that's pretty good considering full time. I work in sales at big tech. So like, this is only like a tiny bit of my, my life. Yeah. I love it so much. And I love that. I think so many authors, um, you know, I think um, Tolkien started by telling stories to his kids. I mean, I think when we are thinking of the reader, and we're thinking of, you know, you're trying to entertain your kids. You have ordinary ki- characters, you know, moms and dads and siblings, but then you have extraordinary characters and creatures and, and all these different things. It gets the kids' interest, but the family, like the family morals are there. And I think so many times in books that I read, like, well, you know, 
not that your family has been together the whole time. They haven't. But so many times, like, mom's dead, dad's dead, like, all this stuff. And you're going on the adventures. And uh, it's so funny. Every time we start a book, my kids are like, and the mom's dead again. Like, or the dad. Yeah, so, actually, that, so, so if I go to a trade show just to pitch this to people, right, I, I say something to the effect of. So our store opens. Um, our story opens where the parents disappear under mysterious mm -hmm. circumstances. It's middle grade, and you got to get rid of the parents. Right, like, right, right. For a while, yeah. Now, granted, in our story, the children do go find the parents and bring them back together, and it's all it's all a thing. But but yeah, that's part. I mean, part of the trick about middle grade books is you're trying to give children agency mm -hmm. and like have a reason to be heroic. Because if mom and dad were there, they would probably be taking care of the situation. Uh, but I think the other thing that I worked really hard on, I I had a tough time with a lot of the media that was sort of being, you know, Nickelodeon or whatever that was on TV that I I, I really like we got rid of cable eventually just because, you know, in the, in most media these days, it feels like dad is just an incompetent fool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Just it, dads are incompetent fools and moms are just sort of mean like that. That's the general gist yeah. of character development in most of the media. And I'm like, that's not family life. Like I don't, I don't care what your general, you know, moral background is or whatever. Mom's not incompetent. M mom's actually super competent usually. Um, and dad, neither, you know, dad may do silly things every now because dads like to be fun. I like to be fun. That's why my kids say I'm the cool dad, right? Yeah. Like, because I like to be fun, but I'm also pretty confident. Like, I, I get things right. done. I take care of the family. So, so I had to work out that uh, over this arc of this story of, um, you know, how do I, how do I have mom and dad disappear for reasons that make sense in the story? But then as they come back in, there is this sort of cooperation family, you know, family mm -hmm. dynamic where yes, mom, mom is, you know, in charge of the kids there for a while, but at certain points she needs to do something different and the kids have the right idea. And how do you navigate that in a way that shows a respectful family dynamic, like what you would probably actually have. Right. And so I work pretty hard on that. Um, and what's great is I have, I have really good editors. So, uh, Kaylin Cummins who writes the snow globe travelers and then, um, She's just kind of my writing partner that looks things over for me. She gave a lot of feedback on mom, like making sure that, that you know, she she was a real mom, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my actual editor, Sarah Grimm, you know, her thing was, this, you know, I get feedback like, this chapter was horrible. Mom came off like a petulant teenager. You need to fix it. Like, and so so I did get a lot of good feedback from others. And, and also, I mean, I'm a dude, I'm a, you know. Um, I, exactly how a 12 year old girl is going to work through certain things I didn't know, or maybe I had it off a little bit. And so I think, you know, having these other people edit it and give me feedback and, and all of that. Plus I had some kids give me feedback. I've got a whole group of kids. I call the light bearers that, that are, um, you write this, that, that, you know, help me fix things along the way. Yeah. And what I love, you talked about like, you know, little house in the prairie meets chronicles of Narnia is so much with C.S. Lewis. And then you do it in the book too. It's like, we have concepts of Christianity, light and darkness and good and evil, but you're going to show it like you let's talk about these things. We're going to show it in physical things that the kids are interacting with and people, which I think makes stories for kids, makes these themes that as adults, we still struggle with them, but, but they're, they make it easier for them to understand. So I know you did that purposefully. Why did you think that was important? So that kids will, will understand kind of the Christian walk and the fight and the good versus evil as they are getting caught up in these stories. So I think some of it was, was at the time I was writing the first book, 
I was reading this book by A.W. Tozer uh, called Experiencing God. And it's a little book. It's not very big. It's a small book. And you would think, oh, you know, I'll just flip through that and whatever. I had to read the book like six times. It was the hardest like spiritual devotional book I've ever read because it was so deep. Mm -hmm. Like there was so much depth in Tozer's writing about that kind of stuff. And it really changed kind of my thoughts on lots of things as far as it, because it was all scripturally backed and you could pull it forward. It was Mm -hmm. good, but it's like, well, how do I, how do I share that with my 11 year old? Right. Right? You know, and one of the things that was sort of a a common thread in Tozer's writing was just that the the Holy Spirit's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like if, if you had to use like, court-based evidence people's experience with the holy spirit is a thing it's 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 demonstrable i I, i'm a scientist by like training like i I have degrees and and papers and stuff and and i can tell you like my evidence says the holy spirit's a real thing so how do i help kids see that Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of places in the bible where you see something to the effect of and the spirit of the lord came upon whoever samson or whatever and so I wanted to represent that in the story that the spirit of the Lord will come upon, could come upon you and you'll do something fantastic. And so like in the, in my, in the background, you see these sort of, you know, armor of God pieces, that kind of stuff. And periodically the spirit of the Lord comes upon the kids to do something heroic like that. That's kind of a point. And so there's lots of points in that each book has sort of a different underlying theme so like the first one's about discernment. The second one's about following your conscience, you know, very Christian themes. But at the same time, I'm also digging into ways to express stuff. I think the one, the one, I don't know, criticism I got somewhere along the way, if you notice that Lauren's carrying a spear, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, there isn't a spear in the armor of God. When you read right. that chapter in the Bible, it doesn't mention spear. Now, technically Romans had spears, but Paul didn't mention it. And so, you know, my answer to that, though, is if you look at the purpose of this spear in the story, you could kind of consider it to be the spear of reconsideration. Mm. So go to the story of um, David and Saul. Saul's going to take out David. He's going to do that. Like he's he's bent on it. And what's David do? He goes and grabs his spear and said, look, I could have taken mm-hmm. you out, but I didn't because I'm loyal to you. Could you please be loyal to me again? And Saul reconsiders his vendetta for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Saul falls and all that, but but the point of, the point of that spear is the spear of reconsideration because that's a very biblical thing. Like that that shows up. There. So I try to do that throughout. There's different pieces and things in the story that represent that kind of stuff. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to show the cover of this because it's amazing. So this this book number six is demolishing the stronghold. Um, but I love we, we talk about you know the the spear. The sword, the shield here. Um, you can, I don't know if you can see it in the video. Get peer closely. Look at that cloud, or what you think is a cloud. Um, I mean, this shows that ordinary people are doing great battle with extraordinary things, like out of the world, like out of the world type of things. And I think that's one of the cool elements. And there's like the balloon there. I mean, there's so many cool elements that, and these kids are very ordinary looking kids. You know what I mean? They're not. I don't know. I think sometimes we think we have to have over the top with kids. These are ordinary kids, ordinary uh-huh. siblings, ordinary arguments, mom and dad, uncle, like all these interacting relationships. But the things that they're called to do are bigger than they can do. Like they need to depend on each other. They need to depend on like check, but the spirit's going to come upon them. So 
Um, I love that you're able to take very ordinary situations, but make it so kids are following along. Interesting story, but also they're learning these truths of the gospel with it. So let's talk about this cover um, a little bit. And all your covers are excellent. I don't know if you have more there. See, I keep lending your books out, so I do not. I was looking. I, I mean, normally, the stack is behind me, but I, I had to take it to an event, so all I have is all I have is this one. At the okay, well, it's okay. But well, hold on, I, I, can, I can put this up really close. These are the first three. Yeah. So the the covers are beautiful, yeah. um, and that makes a big difference. Let's let's talk about this. Like when kids pick up a book, mm -hmm. um, you know, adults can kind of look over overlook stuff if we it's a good story, but they're gonna they're gonna want to see the characters. I remember yeah. being a kid sitting there, and then I go back and look at the cover, and then you read a little bit more, and then you go back and read the cover, like the whole package. Let's talk about why it was important to you to just give the whole package. And I know you have other you have workbooks, you have. You know, different things so let's talk about this whole package and you can see just from your room behind you like visual is important to you yes so so i think as far as this cover goes what i want to well i, I got to take a step back i mentioned little house on the prairie mm -hmm. so my whole world is very much like frontier 1860s us uh except there's no gunpowder so because if there's there was gunpowder we don't need shields right like <laughs> that's one so i pulled the gunpowder up but otherwise you know horse and buggy tin cups, you know, windmills, things like that. Um, and so like all of normally, all of the creatures are like corrupted coyotes mm -hmm. or prairie dogs or, you know, things that you would find on the prairie. But I have these readers and readers tell you as the author what you're supposed to do. And they kept telling me, uh, maybe not you, Trisha, maybe they don't tell you what to do. But no, they told I get told all the time. All the time. Yeah, they told me what to do. And, and my, my top readers all told me, Mr. Brocken, you have to have a dragon. You have to have a dragon. And it's like, but I don't want to have a dragon. Dragons, there's no dragons in the prairie, right? But as this is the end, like this is the culmination of it. And you think to Revelation, the dragon is a theme in, in Revelations and in and the end times. It just seemed appropriate for the yeah. end book to have a dragon in it from that perspective. And this, but it's unique because it's it's a dragon that's made out of smoke. And so yeah, it's this I mean, corrupting this smoke that's a theme throughout the story. I just love so, the yeah. picture. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and my artist, uh, Lorianne Mullen, just did an amazing job making that real. Like this, this is so much what I wanted it to be. And 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 so so okay, so I have a dragon now. Well, how are the kids, my kids that are living horse and buggy time, how are they gonna fight a dragon? Mm -hmm. And so I had a real problem there. Um, and so then I thought, well, what what flew in the 1800s? And, and I really didn't want like plot eagles, like, you know, the giant eagles that had nothing else to do to suddenly say that I didn't want that. Yeah. Uh, but but it turns out that hot air balloons, like like what you see in the cover, were actually, they weren't common, but they were around. Mm -hmm. In the 1800s, you had balloons like that. Um, and like they actually were pretty common in the Civil War of all things. I didn't know that. And so they would have these wagons that, that had a thing called a gasifier that would fill up the balloon. So that was really cool. That was neat. Yeah. Um, a lot of research went into, went, went into that. But then I needed like, okay, so who's going to fly the balloon, right? Because mm -hmm. the kids didn't have one and all this sort of stuff. Well, so the real life, now these three kids are my kids, Lauren, Aiden, and Ethan. Those are my kids from when they were younger. Um, but uh, now Lauren, my old, oldest, is married. She has a husband, Mitchell. Um, and there's this really cute picture of the two of them in this play where she was um, the queen of hearts and he was he was the king from uh, Alice in Wonderland. And they they won't actually hold hands like this is many years ago. Like they they yeah. both each other had cooties kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so so anyway, I really thought it'd be great if Mitchell could join the story. 
Mm. So throughout the story, somehow they meet Mitchell. Mitchell has the hot air balloon, and that's how they can now fight the dragon in the skies. But I also got to squeeze in this whole thing about them holding hands later that was really fun for me to write. And that's what's great about these stories. Like, there are so many little Easter eggs. Um, I mentioned father and mother. There's a whole thing about mother getting a new ring, and that's like a family story and all that. So, so I love the fact that I could sprinkle in just mm-hmm. family things like Ethan calls o- called when he was five, called oatmeal, oakamil. Yeah. And I had people like that so much. I had to put out a recipe like Ethan's original oakamil. Like you can go download that from my website. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when we were getting ready to jump on for this call, I'm like, there's a kiss in this book. There is. Oh. <laughs> Wait, it's so benign and gentle and sweet. Uh, it's not a big deal, but I, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, well, it was different. And and to be like, I used to talk to people about this. I have this whole group of young ladies that like my stories because they're a fantastic adventure, but there's no kissing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was what they, they, that was literal feedback I've gotten from multiple young ladies. Um, and, uh, and I really didn't necessarily want to do that, but because of how the plot sort of built mm-hmm. out, and, and I don't know how you write, but I kind of write in threads. So there's sort of a thread about Aiden's story and Lauren's story mm-hmm. and all this. But but throughout this series, there's this uh, character that's a friend of Lauren's, this giantess named Ty. And I really wanted to have closure with her in her sort of coming to the light because there's she's been kind of in and out and all that sort of stuff. And so it just really kind of worked out. And I'm, I'm really glad that, that my writing partners kind of nudged me in the right direction because I don't write romance and had no intention of doing that. So it's really kind of this sweet teen kind of, you know, not terribly gushy thing, but just something that's just enough flavor to make it make the story go well. It's part of the storyline, but not the main focus yeah. of the storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because there's, there's so much going on and, you know, the characters are added as you go along with the series and you just see them interact with them. Um, and do you ever feel like, I don't know, you'd almost step into this world? Like, oh, yeah, you're just going to step in and they're, they're all going to be well, there waiting for you. Well, I am in this world. I'm father. Like, this is me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so there's there's aspects of my own personality and stuff in there. But, yeah, no. I, and, and what's really bad about it, like, this book, this series was supposed to end at four and then at mm. five. And then it finally got to six and I could finally end it. But that's because the characters told me to do something else. So mm-hmm. this, though, came to a, a, a nice conclusion that, that's there. But it also left threads open. There's You mentioned friends. So the, the kids, the young boys, both end up with friends, Logan and Jesse, who are real kids in real life that were their friends. That, that That's pretty cool. But now I'm actually partnering with Logan to write my next series. Oh, so wow. uh, it, it, this isn't official, but the, the code name is Logan's Search for the Fruits of the Spirit. So he's a young boy with, with, you know, sort of ADD, ADHD, and he ends up at church on the prairie. And, you know, he's between the, the hard wooden seat and the disapproving stares of the elders in the room. He's not sure that there's that there's much good news going on in this room. Uh, but then the pastor says there's some fruit that'll give him some self-control. So if there's fruit like that, he's going to find it. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of that series. Uh, but just to say that what's been nice is we've, we've got some spinoffs, but that also include those the, the main characters people are used to. Mm, I love it. Okay, so one thing you talk about, you know, you're started this full-time gig doing this. I mean, I think so many times people think like after whatever, after I retire, after my kids are out of the house, after all these things, then I'm going to do this other thing. What encouragement would you have? Because it's not easy. Like, it's not easy for you to take time and then we're going to work on the cover and then, okay, we have to 
do printing stuff and there's marketing. But I think just knowing like there's readers out there, there's families that are enjoying these stories. You talk about these young women, you know, uh, coming up to you and telling you about they they love it because there's not kiss they're not kissing books and all these things like the impact that we can have even in our ordinary lives is incredible but we have to kind of follow it so what encouragement would you have i know there's there's people out there that have an idea maybe in their mind or think they'd like to do something someday but you're doing it and again it's not easy but talk about that a little bit well i think the main thing is is if if god's put a story on your heart Mm -hmm. you you have to get it out Mm-hmm. And and maybe all that is, is you get on your phone every morning and you record a little selfie video for TikTok or Instagram, and that's all the story making you can do, then do that, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe you like to write, maybe that, that you have, so, so write, like writers write, that's what I say to, to anybody that has it, just do it. And the more you do it, the more you practice it, the better you get at it, the faster it is, the more it flows. But it's this incremental thing of just, and and a lot of people try to overthink it. They, they try, well, I'm going to spend 50 minutes a day on these days. And, blah, blah, blah. and, and it's like, no, just today, when can you find five minutes? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's that it's that daily, when can I find some time? Because it'll just happen. I actually, you know, I did finish a series and I'm like, okay, so what, you know, can I make, I was asking myself the question, can I put a pin in this? Like I've done a series, I've accomplished a thing. Am I done writing? And I talked to a, a, a more seasoned writer and his, his feedback was you've done this six times. It's just who you are. You can't, you yeah. can't not do this. You might do something else. And so my encouragement is just do it and understand that, that it may not be a commercial success, but somebody needs to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, that's what I, I, every now and then when I'm kind of like, oh, it's exhausted about the whole thing, you know, so there's a reminder that, that this touched somebody. I, I got the coolest thing today. I think I have arrived as an author. I think that this is how you know. I had a little girl that sent, her mom sent me an Instagram of her dressed up like Lauren from the cover of the first book. Like, oh my that, gosh. A blue skirt, white shirt, little belt. And they took a, a Nerf football and put it on the end of a stick to like a blue to be a, this glowing sphere, mm. spinning image of the cover of the book. And it's like, I touched that little girl, like something yeah. about that character spoke to her and told her things that Lauren learned about the Holy Spirit in the story. Mm-hmm. It, what could be better than that? So, so if God's put a story on your heart, just write and, and tell people you're doing it because that was the big thing. I, I mentioned that I had this book at a party. And I had somebody say, well, just publish it. Like I had somebody kind of pushing me, but I had another friend that heard that conversation said, well, I'll edit it. And as, as soon as you start putting stuff out there, there are people that will just come to you because that's what God put on their heart too. You just didn't know it. Yeah. And which is funny. I'm so glad you told that story because the, the part I was going to lead into was community. Because as I was going, you, you mentioned all these people, like, Look at all these people. You're going to name all the people that are helping you along. Um, I've met you at Realm Makers. We're usually like heading two different directions. Yeah. We're like, hey, we're busy. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> like as we're both heading to different things. But the Christian community of authors, they just support each other. They encourage oh. each other. They help each other. Talk a little bit about that. Because I think sometimes people think like the author, you're have a cabin in the woods, you sit there by yourself, which I've never, I'm, yeah. it sounds really, really nice. I've never had that, that as I'm reading through your list of names, I'm like, oh yeah, I know some of these people. And then I'm like, 
I don't know some of these people, but I have other people in my community. Now right. we're connected in a community. Right. Talk about that because the body of Christ is meant to, just like in your book, work together. Like we're right. not, this is not a solo thing. So talk about the writing community. Well, what, what I, what I, I have been blessed with some, some people I consider to be big writer names like Morgan Bussey. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I learned about the Realmakers Consortium from her. She happened to live in the same town as I am. And, and I, I, I read this article she, she said about Realmakers. And I said, oh, well, I should go to that and see what that's all about. And, and I met all of these people that were Christians, but were just a little fantastical like me. They like, they like kind of weird stuff, maybe. Um, and so we, we got, and that's where I met most of the people in that, the back of that book, people that, that could help me. Um, and uh, so, so there's that. And then the other, the other bit was, was like, um, uh, there's other authors there like Wayne Thomas Batson, who's done great classes I've taken, um, stuff like that. But even just sometimes you go help each other out. So mm-hmm. I went to the Cincinnati uh, Great Homeschool Convention uh, with the Realmakers um, and met James Hannibal there. And what was great about that was within 15 minutes, we, we built this synergy of, oh, my stuff isn't for your kids, but his stuff is. Yeah. And we kind of were passing people back and forth between that. And we just built a great friendship around that of how do we help each other? Um, and so it's so much, so much fun though, that now I, I actually, for the launch of this book, I have this, this book festival, a virtual book festival on Friday called Airships versus Dragons based on this book cover. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And, and so I found a bunch of fantasy authors that write about dragons and a bunch of steampunk authors that write about airships. And I'm bringing them together to that do so cool. call a super fight. And that's where they basically get some random cards added to their character. And it could be things like everything you touch turns to hummus or has a shotgun that shoots shotguns. Who knows what their extra superpower is? But when you bring them together and you see how the authors are going to battle it out and win, and then people can vote and, and there's prizes worth having. But all of that is really in honor of all of the realm makers that help mm-hmm. make this real. Because this wouldn't, like... If you look, you saw that, but this wouldn't exist without dozens of people, period. Yeah. Uh, just dozens of people have contributed to that. And 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 likewise, I contribute back. I think that's a big thing. But the other thing about it, too, is like there's there's a lot of partnerships and things I've picked up on. I have these audiobooks. I, I keep putting this up. This is the backside of it. But in this comes this audiobook player. And so these come with a, um, a Bible on it. And so you've got the whole series now, like, because what's great is Stacey Bradshaw, my, my, uh, narrator just finished this book yesterday. Oh, that's so cool. I never had the audio book come out at the same time as the physical books, but I, I got it all worked out. So the whole series is now available in print uh, on audio starting on Saturday. Um, but this is a great little device. And again, it comes back to that, you know, divine appointments. Like mm-hmm. I just had so many divine appointments in this walk. And I love that too, that you have that because I know my younger grandkid or grandkids, I say younger, like, you know, elementary school age, yeah. or even my, even my 13 year son, he doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't have like stuff to play audio on. Um, like this morning, he's listening to an audiobook with Alexa in the kitchen because that's what he has to listen. I love that they have that. They can carry it around and listen to the audiobook. They don't need to have a device or a phone where they would get distracted or do other things that have the story that they can carry around. Well, and that was really the point. Like, like my own child had challenges reading. Mm-hmm. And so we had to provide, we either had to sit and read to him while he followed mm-hmm. along on the page, or we had to provide audiobooks. 
and audiobooks were kind of okay, but they were expensive, number one, if you know, because you couldn't necessarily get everything at the library. But then, oh, there was usually a tablet attached. And how quickly does that tablet that's supposed to be doing the lesson you're reading turn into, you know, I don't know, Roblox or something. Mm -hmm. um, and so the nice thing about these is it's just the audiobook, but it, it goes right along with the books. And it's something that, that especially you've got a struggling reader or you just want to accelerate your child's yeah. reading. I, I've done a lot of research on this and even like competent readers can be helped a lot by hearing while they're mm -hmm. following along. Improves, improves reading speed, improves comprehension, things like that. So it's a, there's a lot of value in it just for the for the language arts bit of it. And that's part, we have curriculum and that kind of thing that goes with the whole story. Yeah, so good. Yeah, definitely check it out. We're gonna give the website at the end, but okay, now that like you said, your copies just arrived today. Mm -hmm. um, is it almost like, can you believe the last one's out? Like, are you, has it, has I'm, it in, I'm in a certain amount of shock, right? Because I, I in all honesty, I'm so looking forward to this conversation because you're really kind of kicking off my, my launch events, right? Mm -hmm. I, I had a, I had a third grade class I visited last Thursday and then I've got your event and then I got a bunch of stuff over the next week and a half and then it's done, done. And it's like, oh, now what do I do? Well, I got to write the next book, but, but I mean, there's a sense of accomplishment to this and especially the quality of the, like, I just keep looking at myself in the screen here with that 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 thing behind me because she did just such a good job mm -hmm. of capturing the action, right? Um, and so to have that, I mean, it, it's a real tangible thing that that you know, my and my kids like it too in the sense of some some things have been lock, locked in about them, like the oatmeal thing. Yeah, I, I love it. It is, and they get to see what it looks like for their dad to follow God to do hard things to reach others for with the gospel. I mean, I think it's so important for our kids to see us doing that. You know, we always say like, go do great things and follow what God's called you to. Well, when we do it, then they get to see what it looks like lived out. And, you know, you talked about you started when they were little at home. Now you have one that's married. Um, yeah. What a legacy. Like th these books are always going to be there. And even that legacy of the little girl who, you know, got the photo of today. Like that's yeah. That's always going to be part of her childhood. Your stories. Mm -hmm. I just think it's right. amazing that God can use use this in that way. No, it's awesome. And and you know what? We I have parents ask me, "What about the littles? What about my littles?" And so we do have a book coming out. Meow meow milks the cow. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love that. Yeah. that we'll, we'll do another show. That's probably not for this this audience. I don't know that that the avid you're, readers are that interested. You're perfect in meow, for meow, Christmas meow. presents, though, right? Like Christmas yeah. presents and all the things. Okay, so. Where can people go? Because you mentioned curriculum. Again, I keep lending stuff out. I don't even know where I put all the stuff. That's <laughs> Towersoflight.net uh -huh. is the main place. Um, and if you want to see this festival I'm talking about, it's towersoflight.net slash AVD. You'll see the whole festival. You'll see these. There's prizes. There's, you know, you can buy the whole series, all that sort of stuff. But towersoflight.net is the main, main place you want to go. Um, and obviously we're on Amazon and like, in all honesty, I would love it. You know, if you, it seems expensive, go to your local library and ask them to get it for you. Yes. That's because yeah. right now books one through four and audio are available in libraries. Um, and in two weeks time, they like everything should be available for libraries. Yeah. And I think it's so important. Um, libraries pay attention when people come in and they request books. That's what they're, mm -hmm. they're like. They're serving their patrons and so yep. definitely go in take the whole list of books go to the website write down the whole list of books take it in there and then other kids get to find these books and discover these books um again and also the holidays are coming up so yeah the no, no, we're gonna have great box sets and things like that so 
Saturday, uh, all the pre, every, there's a bunch of pre-order right now, but Saturday that all becomes like real order. Um, so uh, anyway, these are great gifts. At least that's, that's what the mom that had the little girl dressed up. That's, that's how she got her books. I love it. Well, thank you, Alan. Thank you for being here. Give yeah, the website one more, one more time for us. Yep. Go ahead and give that website one more time. Oh, sorry. Uh, towersoflight.net. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.